Welcome to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine health research digested for you. Swine Health Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like SCA Ventilation and Management Solutions, made for farmers by farmers since 1966. Through innovative solutions, cutting-edge research, and world-class experts, Beringer Ingelheim helps producers operate with complete confidence. Learn more at swineresource.com. My name is Dr. Clayton Johnson, your host for today's episode. And joining me is Li Pang, uh, a uh, graduate student at Iowa State University, working with the graduate student team under the direction of Dr. Daniel Linhares. Uh, Li Pang is maybe better known to some of our audience as Jack, uh, a little bit easier for those of us English speakers to, to say. Um, Jack, thank you very much for joining us here today. As I understand, you're joining us actually from a farm right now in China. So you're, you're hard at work, both uh, helping farms and making podcasts right now. Would you like, uh, Jack, to give a brief introduction about yourself to the audience? Thank you, Clayton. Uh, dear audience, uh, I would like very happy to have this podcast with all of you. And uh, this is Lee Pan, and you can call me Jack. And I'm a graduate, international graduate student with Dr. Nee Harris uh, at the uh, team of field epidemiology. And I also am working for New Hope Swine Research Institute in China. And that institute was led by uh, Dr. Jason Yan. And uh, uh, very happy to know you all. Very happy to meet you. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on the, the podcast, Jack. You bring a tremendous amount of experience with a disease topic that many of us um, in, in North America and, and South America, we don't have much experience with. And that is specifically the study of African swine fever. Um, you've, you've certainly been involved with farms that have had to, to go through an elimination. And you've recently published um, with collaboration from, from your, your partners there in China, uh, a paper describing the test and removal strategies for ASF and specifically a whole herd sampling strategy with precision removal of specific animals. Would you like to describe for the audience, Jack, an overview? What is what does a whole herd sampling program with precision removal look like? Uh, thank you, Clayton. Uh, uh, in China, we uh, they uh, since the first outbreak of China, uh, they all uh, the African swine fever virus in two thousand eighteen. Uh, we have no experience before, uh, but in order to eradicate the virus. Uh, from the field, we have developed a strategy uh, to uh, eliminate the virus from the infected herds. So the thing is, uh, without stamping out uh, policy, uh, we, eradic uh, we eradicate the, vir the uh, virus from the herd. Um, the reason we call it uh, whole herd sampling and precision removal, it means it uh, has two processes. First, to detect the infected animals from the herd by whole, whole herd sampling. That uh, literally means sampling every individual pig uh, in the herd. And secondly, uh, when you find out the animals and you remove uh, by a biosecure manner, and that's what we call it precision removal. 
Very good. What are the sample types that you commonly see used to do the whole herd sampling? Uh, in general, uh, we uh, uh, we validated uh, we validate uh, the sample type of oriferangel uh, swabs as the most uh, as the most effective uh, sample for sampling. And I assume PCR is the most common test that you use on those oral pharyngeal swabs. Could you talk to us uh, about the pooling strategy? Okay, the pooling strategy is uh, we often pool three to five samples uh, in uh, one qPCR test. Uh, that has uh, been not been validated because you do not know the truly the true status of infection. Uh, so it's uh, it's uh, rule of thumb, let's call it. Very good. And you use commercially available test kits, I would assume, for the PCR. You use uh, ASF PCR primers that are commercially available. There's no need for a special test to do this sort of, of work. Yes, we use commercial uh, 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 commercial QPCR test that was licensed by the uh uh, Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs, um, and that's validated by authorized labs. Very good. And really, we're taking advantage, Jack, of the of the slow transmission that we see with ASF. It's not a disease like PED or or the PERS virus that you know once it gets into your herd, it's likely going to have infected almost every pig in your in your farm. This is a disease that moves much more slowly, and if we can find individual animals, we can potentially remove them and maybe some of their neighbors to create a buffer. Um, talk to me a little bit about the specific removal. You get a PCR positive test on one animal. What happens next to that animal and maybe other animals around it? Okay, uh, that's a very good question. Um, uh, generally, we, uh, we will rem uh, we'll not only remove the, uh, rem remove the only uh, the uh, detected animals, we will like you said, we will remove the neighboring animals. Uh, there are uh, uh, there are uh, two uh, points we will take into consideration when we do the removal. First uh, is the uh, CT value of the uh, qPCR test. For example, is of is it uh, if it is lower than thirty? Uh, let's call it's a rule of thumb. Uh, that means the uh, the animals has been uh, infected for maybe for a longer time. We need to remove uh, five, uh, five to uh, 10 animals uh, besides uh, the animal. And second, uh, we will do some uh, basic epidemiological uh, uh, studies about uh, what we have done uh, to uh, what has been done to this pig. Uh, for example, if it is, has been just uh, moved, if this pig has just been uh, moved or it has been uh, uh, like uh, vaccinated, we will consider that we will need to remove the whole, uh, the whole group of the vaccinated uh, animals. So, um, uh, so that's, the two points we would like to take into consideration when we do the removal. Jack, if you have a gilt development barn on your sow farm and the gilts are raised in pens in that situation, 
Could you talk to us a little bit about the diagnostic strategy for gilts and pins versus sows or gilts that are in individual stalls and need to be tested individually? Would you consider doing population samples like oral fluids in the gilts and pins, or is it still the same approach with the oral pharyngeal swabs? That's also a very good uh, question. Uh, we will generally divide uh, the uh, the sampling approach into three types. First, uh, pen based. That's for uh, GDU, and also uh, uh, oropharyngeal uh, swabs for the uh, gestation uh, for the gestation uh, sows that shares the uh, common uh, watering trough. And the uh, third, and also oropharyngeal uh, swabs for the uh, for the uh, farrowing crates. Uh, so um, for uh, for the GDU, we often use the uh, we, we we use the cotton rope that was used for the burst detection. Uh, uh, so it's a population based uh, sampling strategy. Uh, that's the difference between GDU and other uh, sow types. And in your experience, has the, uh, the, the common rope that we use for oral fluids for many other species, has that been an acceptable sample to find ASF if it is present in the population? Is that a, is that a, a sample that you can trust the results on? Uh, well, um, uh, what can we say? Uh, it's the most, uh, most feasible sample like we can find out right now. Uh, because the difficulty to sample every individual pig in the uh, in the pen, uh, we cannot sample every individual pig. But uh, we trust more uh, in uh, sampling every individual pig, especially when we're trying to uh, eliminate virus at very low uh, prevalence. Very good. Uh, Jack, how frequently will a farm go through this process? So if I have an ASF concern at my sow farm and I, I do my whole herd sampling today, I get I get a snapshot in time, in time of today and what the, the, the prevalence is and where the positives are. I remove those animals plus some buffers on either side. How long do I wait before I repeat that process again? Do I do it once a week, twice a week, every day? What's What, what do you see happening in the field? Uh, so uh, what happens? Uh, what happens now is that we do the uh, second round of uh, testing. Second round of testing uh, uh, once a week. Uh, like you have mentioned, we we call it a paired uh, sampling because we do not uh, trust uh, the uh, owning the sampling owning uh, for one time. Uh, because as you can see that there is incubation time, uh, pe incubation period for ASF. So uh, it will be more um, effective to detect uh, the virus for, uh, for the virus that is in the incubation time. Very good. And then uh, Jack, last question. How many of those samplings in a row that are all negative, would you feel comfortable then saying the farm has eliminated the ASF? We have done the whole herd sampling and all the PCRs from every animal has been negative. Would you want two in a row samplings, you know, two weeks in a row or, or three in a row, four in a row? Do you have a number there that you're confident with? 
So uh, we uh, now we have uh, two consecutive uh, uh, negative qPCRs uh, before we can uh, confirm that it's negative. And uh, after these two consecutive qPCR negative re uh, results, we will wait another seven days. Um, uh, if there, if we cannot detect any uh, presence of the virus from uh, from like clinical abnormal peaks or the environment, we call it uh, negative. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jack. Uh, I can't thank you enough for for being on the podcast and for all of your work on this subject. Uh, for those of us that don't have to deal with with ASF directly and herds we work with, um, you know, we really appreciate uh, your work, Jason's work, the entire team over there at New Hope. They've been thought leaders on this from the beginning. And please share my thanks with Jason. Your openness to sharing will make all of our experience with ASF better if and when we ever have to battle that disease. Thank you very much, Jack, for coming on the show. And to everybody else, thank you for listening to the Swine Health Black Belt podcast. Please visit us at swinehealthblackbelt.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss out on the next episode. Thanks for joining us and see you next week. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. If you have a swine health-related research trial and would like to come on the show to talk about it with me and share it with our audience, feel free to send an email to healthblackbelt at swineit.com, and we would love to take a look at your research.